Matt Perdue. Matt is uh, the North Dakota Farmers Union Government Relations Director, which means he handles a lot of what's happening here today. Uh, he's someone who has to read these bills, know these bills, and talk to the members about these bills. Matt, good to have you on News and Views. Me, Hold Joel. on, if I hit the right button, then we're really good. <laughs> well, thanks but, for having me, Joel. You, you bet. Um, House Bill 1371, I've been around a lot of these bills, as you know. This one's as sneaky as they get. I mean, this is. This is as sneaky as they get. In order to kind of uh, beat the corporate farming law, what they're trying to do is redefine some of these people as not being farmers. And I don't know what your members are saying about that, but as somebody who reads a lot of these now, I'm curious what you think about that. Well, Joel, I think our members have made it pretty clear that as the bill stands now, we are opposed to House Bill 1371. It would allow uh, swine, dairy, poultry, and, and cattle feedlots um, to, to actually be taken out of the corporate farming lot and not have to comply. Um, there's no requirement in this bill that farmers or ranchers are shareholders of these new entities, no requirement that they partner uh, with farmers and ranchers. And so, um, you know, there's, there's some real challenges with the bill. Um, and so, you know, from my perspective, it's always my job to, to stay at the table uh, for as long as I can until our members' voices are heard. Um, and if they're not, obviously, then, then we move to, to fighting the bill. And so uh, we're continuing those conversations uh, right now, and, and uh, you know, we're hoping uh, that we can, we can get to a place where people understand our members' perspective on this, that we support uh, family farmers, and we think that family farmer ownership and control of uh, uh, crop and livestock production in North Dakota is, is critical to us, critical to the state and who we are as people. So, Matt, uh, do you know of any amendments being proposed or drafted for this bill? Not right now. I think, uh, you know, I have a, a number of conversations that we're going to be having in the, the days ahead. I, I guess uh, Representative Thomas um, did bring an amendment to require these facilities to be operational within three years of acquiring the land, but uh, we're going to continue that conversation with him uh, and see if, you know, if he um, is open uh, to considering some of our members' concerns. Where's Representative Thomas from? He's, he's from the Velvet area. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and people are always texting me saying the names. Well, it's Thomas, it's uh, D. Anderson, it's Fisher, it's Hagrid, it's Headland, it's LaFleur, it is Conley, it's Hogue, it's uh, Lewick, it is uh, Wanzik uh, that are sponsors of this bill. Um you know, w when you look at this bill as a whole, how would you compare this to the two bills that were referred uh, when people tried this before? And in the last one, 76% of North Dakotans said no to what had been passed above me here in the legislature. How, how would you compare these? So the 2016 referral, that was a referral of a law that would exempted um, swine and dairy operations, the ham and cheese bill they called at the time, swine and dairy operations from complying uh, with the corporate farming law. Um, uh, this obviously crosses into poultry and crosses into to beef cattle feeding operations. Um, so it affects more uh, sectors. Um, you know, the, the 2015 bill or 2016 referendum, that was a 640-acre limit. This has a 160-acre limit, uh, though we have some concerns about, you know, the same shareholders starting multiple corporations and uh, buying up more farmland. And so um, there, there are some differences. In some ways it's wider, in some ways it's narrower. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, we don't see uh, anything reflected in this bill that preserves farmer and rancher ownership, farmer and rancher control, um, and so that's what we're going to continue to fight for. So, Matt, uh, you know, it's your job to walk down the hallways here, build relationships on all sides of the aisle, and, and talk to them about, you know, what we can do uh, in relation to the family farm. This one goes beyond some of what you can do in the hallway unless you're stopping at the governor's desk. 
Uh, have you spoke to Governor Burgum about this? Because clearly he supports this bill and is one of the driving forces behind it. So we've had ongoing conversations with the governor's staff, with uh, Department of Agriculture staff, with a number of uh, executive branch agencies, and, and with all the legislators that you see um, on the bill, with uh, other legislators who are watching this closely. Um, you know, again, we need to have the dialogue. We, it's my job to make sure our members' voices are heard. It's my job to make sure that they're they're brought forward in legislation, and, and that's really what we're after here. And so to do that, we have to continue the conversation with these folks. You know, there, there has been, obviously, the North Dakota Farmers Union came in full force today, and, and they're giving their point across, and, and that's a heck of a resource that you got. I'm just going to say that. When people are willing to give up their time, load on the bus, fill the hallways, and, and make that argument for, you know, for their members, I think it says a lot about your organization. But there are others. Uh, there are others who look at this in a little bit. We're going to get a chance to visit with Chris Dotson. He uh, he is the point person for the North Dakota Catholic Conference and representing the Catholic Church here. Uh, and he's an ally of yours, saying, no, we support family-owned businesses. Do you have other allies? Do you have other people out there that uh, you can call upon to say, hey, we need your help here? Well, I think at this point in the conversation, we're trying to avoid – um, uh, splitting up groups into allies and opponents. I think we're trying to have that dialogue. We're trying to say, hey, uh, this is your philosophy on, on this specific issue. Here's our philosophy. Is there, is there some areas of agreement that we can focus on, that we can move forward? We want to support um, livestock development in the state of North Dakota. We think there are key opportunities for family farmers and ranchers to produce more livestock. And so we're working with all those stakeholders to really figure out how we move the ball forward on that issue. You know, the, the state has gotten more urban in terms of its legislators, too. I mean, that's just the, the truth. There's a lot more from Fargo and Bismarck than when I, I was walking around those hallways up there. And that usually means there's a lot more that don't understand ag. Uh, how hard is it to, to explain to them or at least, you know, bring them up to speed on what opportunities farmers have now under corporate laws to be able to control things at their level and still use corporate laws to benefit ag producers. Yeah, so we have uh, a number of conversations with urban legislators. The one thing I always remind them is not everybody is a farmer, but everybody eats, right? And so we all have a stake in this thing. Agriculture is uh, number one or two sector in our economy, and so it's important to the state as a whole. Uh, So we do have conversations with them about, hey, how does this law work now? Uh, the law allows gen- uh, unrelated farmers to form general partnerships, limited partnerships, LLPs, triple LPs, cooperatives. Um, it allows families uh, to incorporate. It allows families to establish LLCs. So there is that flexibility. And when but we- how many people do you think know that? Well, I mean, seriously. Yeah. What you just described is exactly what people have. You know, the, the folks that are pushing this are saying you folks don't have the opportunity you just described. One of you two is right. <laughs> Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. I mean, one of you two is right. You know, the people that are selling this are saying, look, we're helping North Dakota ag producers because now they can. Well, you just said they already can. Yeah. I and mean, that's got to be part of the conversation, a floor up from here. Certainly part of part of the uh, the educational efforts that we have on this issue. Um, also part of the, the ongoing dialogue about um, you know, the future of the state's corporate farming law about livestock development in our state. I think the one thing that, again, as an organization that wants to see family farmers and ranchers capture these opportunities to produce livestock, to add value to their operation, 
we think it's critically important that that Joe public, that the people of North Dakota know that these options are available, that farmers and ranchers know these business structure options are available so we can move forward on livestock development. And so education on all fronts, Joel, uh, is a key to this. It's not only a key for, uh, you know, working through a specific piece of legislation, but it's a key to moving the state forward. So, Matt, let's say somebody comes in and says, look, look at our hog production. There isn't any hog production now in North Dakota the way we think there should be. Uh, And our laws right now are stopping that from happening. If I'm on the committee and I support this bill, I'm going to ask you that. When you get up to that podium, what's your answer going to be? So we have a few few answers to that question. First of all, um, we already have more market hogs in the state of North Dakota than we have processing for. So processing is key. It's key for hogs. It's key for cattle. It's key for everything. Um, if you want to create a market opportunity for a farmer or rancher, you have to have that market. You have to have that processing. We would also say that we need to do a better job of building healthier local discussions about livestock development and economic development. That has to be a locally driven conversation. We have a couple bills moving through the legislature this session that would help support that effort, provide more information, provide more collaboration among political subdivisions, counties, and townships around these topics. Um, Infrastructure has been a a big key. Um, And so, you know, you go to other states and you see all their county roads and some township roads are paved. In North Dakota, they're all gravel. Um, And so we have a, a bill that would provide funding to upgrade infrastructure to accommodate these new developments. But more broadly, we have to do a better job of funding our rural infrastructure, whether we're talking about livestock development or just the state's economy as a whole. We're a commodity-driven economy. We have to have a strong network of rural infrastructure. And that's that's a big challenge that we're up against here and something we're going to continue to push on. Ask any of us that live next to an ethanol plant. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Uh, those guys deserve better roads as they try to get to market. I, I'm surprised we haven't heard from the, the apparies yet, the beekeepers, because North Dakota last time I looked was number one uh, when it came to the production of honey. Uh, and I know a lot of good people in North Dakota that have made their living doing just that, heading down to Texas for the winter and uh, – you know, my guess is they're going to weigh in, too, because basically what they're doing is taking away their uh, rights in this bill as well. So, Matt, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing it with a smile like you did here and uh, keep staying out of the fights like I start. OK, <laughs> thanks a lot, Joel. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. I want to thank the North Dakota Farmers Union for inviting us to go with them here at the state capitol when we talked about uh, whether or not other entities are looking at this bill or have taken stances when it comes to family owned businesses. Certainly one of the ones that comes to mind is uh, the Catholic Church. you know, Chris Dodson uh, wrote an article, and, and basically it's saying farming, yes, ownership matters. And uh, Chris is the executive director of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. He joins us now. Good to have you on, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me. How you Joe. been? Good to see you again in the hall. Good to now. see you. Uh, you haven't taken a position on this bill yet, is, is what I'm hearing, right? That's correct. The bishops have opposed weakening or repealing the um, anti-corporate farming law for decades. I can count back to 1939 when the North Dakota bishops uh, opposed investor-owned farms. Uh, At this point, we're waiting to hear what the committee does, um, and the bishops will make their determination, but, you know, we opposed the last one that was referred, and uh, if it's it's, uh, really no different from that or worse, 
I can't imagine the bishops changing their mind. Well, why do the bishops take the position they take? That's a good question. Look, it really has to do with what is farming. I mean, you can't redefine farming. You can't redefine agriculture. It's a uniquely human activity where you combine um, uh, humans working with the soil and animals and the uh, all of creation that is given to create food, clothing, energy now, you know, the basics of, hu- of human life. So it's always called in church teaching a vocation. It's not like any other business. It's not just a business, it's a vocation. And when you take away that human person and the decisions made by that person close to that activity, tilling the land, you begin to sever that relationship. And it has consequences. It has consequences for the land. It has consequences for the family farmer. It has consequences for rural communities. Um, And in the end, it would be what we call the reduction. It reduces food to a mere commodity. I know we call it a commodity in the economy, uh, but food, um, that that is produced by ranchers and uh, farmers, that's different. And the church has always thought that. It's a vocation, not just a business. And uh, we don't want to sever that relationship between the owner and decision-making from um, that activity, that uniquely human activity. It's what uh, Pope Francis said it this way. He said farming is different, and it's different because it's characteristically and fundamentally human. Uh, Chris Dodson, I've, I've known you for a long time. I know you to do your homework, uh, and I know we only got 30, 40 seconds here. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you see 1371, I know you've read it. Is there anything in there that makes you think you're going to change your mind? Well, it's the bishop's mind, and and they've looked at it. I don't think so. Okay. Well, and, that's and a good point. It if is I have any seconds mind. left, I'll say the other thing that is, con- is concerning is the philosophy behind some of the proponents, the philosophy that you can change the definition of something so fundamental uh, and, and treat it as a mere business. The, the, the people that I've heard from today, Chris, that was one of the most insulting things was uh, you, that, that couple from Talner that is out there raising turkeys. When you look at them and say, you're not a farmer. Uh, I didn't like the look they gave me, well, <laughs> you know, it doesn't actually happen, but I can almost see steam coming out of my bishop's ears. when yeah. I, They hear that. Chris, good to hear from you. Great uh, to hear from you.